On today's show, we discuss the latest in the Austin Matthews saga, Luke Shen's UFA status. We might have some clarity on the coach as well. All that more coming up on the Locked On Lease podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, along with my guy, Dave Morissuti. And Dave, just want to thank you for taking the reins the last couple of days. Uh, for those who, I guess, didn't hear, but uh, I ended up losing my gig over at TSN and uh, they just cut Leafs lunch. So I ended up, uh, you know, now I'm I'm doing this, I guess, full time. So appreciate all the kind words that everybody uh, had said. I read a lot of them in the comment section. Dave, you, you had a nice uh, little uh, opening mon- uh, monologue kind of thing that you did on, on Thursday. So I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody for the support. Saw a bunch of new people came and subscribed to the podcast as well. So for the new people, you know, thank you so much uh, for, for following along on uh, my journey of my career here. Um, if you are new to the show, uh, you know, Dave and I have been doing this now for, for a while. I've been doing this show specifically for, geez, what are we going on? My my fourth season, I think it'll be next year. Maybe my fifth season doing the show was it was pre-pandemic. So it's been a while since I've done Locked on Leafs. Tyson Berry was a Maple Leaf when I started doing this thing. And then David hopped on about a year ago. Um, and it's it's been great, about a year and a half now, I guess. And we've been been rocking ever since so uh appreciate everyone for coming and um you know joining me i guess on 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 my journey and here on locked on lease we'll keep it rolling uh today we've we've got some updates on austin matthews contract potentially or at least the where the conversation is is leading to and what we know what we heard over the weekend also some rumblings over the weekend about uh sheldon keith so could we potentially get some clarity on the coaching situation soon i think we will we'll let you know what's going on there and then uh luke shen reportedly not too close on an extension but we'll uh we'll hopefully those two sides can come to an agreement because i don't know about you dave but i certainly uh would like to see luke shen back in a maple leaf uniform I would very much like to see that considering the Leafs don't have a defenseman like Luke Shen just yeah. able to step in. Like we know Jake Muzz is done. <laughs> so the Leafs need, they're going to need uh, a guy like Luke Shen. And look, he's also a right shot defenseman. Very, very valuable commodity in today's NHL. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll get to that in a little bit, but let's start with where the meat is, man. And that's with the face of the franchise. Austin Matthews, everyone knows his situation. He's got one more year left on his deal until he can become an unrestricted free agent. He's able to sign a contract extension on July 1st. Doesn't mean he will sign that extension on July 1st, but he is eligible. I also want to make make it clear because I've seen so many people tweeting saying, when's Austin going to sign? He can't even, even if they do come to an agreement, he can't even sign his deal until July 1st anyways also uh, just a little reminder that although we're talking about deals, things being close, far apart, 
even if something did get uh, did get agreed upon between the Leafs and Austin Matthews, nothing can actually be signed and set in stone until July one. Anyway, that being said, uh, there was a report over the weekend. Elliot Friedman, uh, I believe maybe on Friday's Thirty Two Thoughts, was discussing um, Austin Matthews and and the Leafs and their affinity to try and get him signed to an eight year contract and. It's it's kind of just been assumed over the last little bit here that yeah Matthews not interested in signing for eight years probably looking uh, you know in the three to five year range which makes sense for him financially like I totally get that it allows him to kind of reset the market again in a few seasons when uh, when the cap is extremely higher than it is now um, so I, it makes sense from a player perspective to do go to the three to five year range but the Leafs looking around the NHL and they're seeing well this guy took eight years this guy took eight years pasta just took eight years McKinnon McDavid Leon Austin can we get you to an eight-year deal Dave I'm curious if you think that it's even remotely possible to convince Austin Matthews to sign an eight-year deal deal here in Toronto I mean, it's always possible whether that's something it, it depends on what's Austin Matthews priority, right? You know, does he want to stay in Toronto? Does he want to make this a long term commitment? Uh, that's something that's been, you know, highly debated and it would in line with what a lot of star players are doing nowadays. You know, Nathan McKinnon signs for eight years in Colorado um, pre, you know, all this Conor David gave eight years in Edmonton. A lot of the stars are giving eight years. I, Kachuk, I think, signed for yeah, he signed last year, right? So, like, these guys are signing for eight years because teams are making it known that they want to keep their stars around for a long time. It's nice to see that the Leafs aren't just going to fully, oh no, shoot down the idea of eight years because Os Matthews might not want or Os Matthews might want to reload and get a bigger contract after you know a shorter term deal. Leafs just did that. <laughs> like they just walked right. them into this ability to sign a bigger extension after giving them a pretty hefty contract to begin with. So it's not like, you know, Austin Matthews is in a position where he's like, I didn't make that much on my last contract. Now I need to make more. It's like, no, you made a pretty decent amount of change. Uh, let's, you know, keep that rolling and you give us the commitment. We'll give you a little bit of a pay bump, but we want to make sure there's a, you know, if we're going to give you that pay bump, we need something back from you at the same time. Right. So, you know, it, it sounds like Brad True Living was in Arizona last week speaking with Austin Matthews and his agent, Judd Moldaver. Uh, it doesn't appear that figures were discussed. It was more of a getting to know each other type of phase or meeting is, is what's being reported. So, um, you know, hopefully that, that's, that, that went well. I believe Shane Doan was part of those meetings as well, I thought I read. And we talked about it. Maybe Shane Doan, not necessarily is he going to um, persuade Austin Matthews to stick around, but could he maybe help get it over the finish line, just kind of relate to him and be a way that, uh, you know, potentially Brad Trilliving, he could relay Brad Trilliving's message and his vision and what he's got cooking for the future and maybe that's a way to get through the Matthews to, to try and sign here and buy in long term. Um so we'll see what uh what comes of it. But it it, it is definitely 
an interesting situation here with Austin Matthews. Um, you know, it, it would make a lot of sense for him to sign three to five years, like I said, financially. But I think the team wants that type of buy-in. And the other thing, too, I don't know if you saw this tweet. Um, I just sent it to you if you want to pull it up. It was by Adam Seaborn. It was like a media um I don't even know. He tweets about like the media and stuff, I guess. Yeah, like a media reporter. Yeah, like a media reporter. But uh, so he was actually tweeted out most off-ice endorsement deals across the NHL. Mitch Marner has the most at 10. And yeah, that makes sense because I see him in every single skip the dishes commercial now, apparently. Uh, Brad Marchand at, uh, is second with nine endorsement deals. And then is comes Connor, uh, Austin Matthews and Connor David tied in third with seven off-ice endorsement deals. So you've got two Maple Leafs in the top three, we'll say, um, in endorsement deals, and that makes sense. We've always talked about how, you know, there's a lot more off-ice money available in Toronto as well, just based on this market. So that's something that players also, you know, do consider, I would imagine, or have to consider that when they're signing long-term in a, in a, in a, a team or in a city that they have to also realize, okay, where's, where's the other money available and not just during my playing time, but also afterward, like, you know, what, how, how are the uh, alumni treated? How are the alumni, you know, how much money can they make a post-career doing, you know, random events or you know skates or whatever it may be and in toronto the answer is a lot of money a lot of money could still be made and if this guy sticks around long term he starts breaking all these you know long lasting maple leafs records and becomes one of the biggest best leafs of all time he'll be able to make a killing uh post career as one of the best maple leafs to ever play um especially if they end up winning which is very much still a possibility if Austin Matthews is still in the fold. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot of in, endorsement deals currently while he's playing, but also if he sticks around longer, there'll be a lot more afterward as well. So that's uh, another thing for Austin Matthews to kind of keep in mind when he's trying to figure out what he wants to do, how long he wants to stay. Um, there's a lot a lot to, that goes into this stuff, right? It's not a, an easy negotiation for sure, but it's one that Austin Matthews, Judd Moldaver, and um, Brad Trillivinger are certainly, certainly going to be uh, trying to hammer out over the next few weeks and try and get something done before training camp. All right, uh, on the other side, Dave, let's chat a little bit about Sheldon Keefe and what's going on with his future. Looks like he may be returning as the Maple Leafs head coach. Uh, we'll discuss that decision in a little bit. We'll also get to Luke Shen and his UFA status. But first, let me tell you guys all about one of today's show sponsors, and it's our friends over at eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with their vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Uh, all right. Sheldon Keefe now. On to Keefe we go. So this is an interesting situation here with uh, with Sheldon Keefe. Uh, it, it seemed to me, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Dave, but we've discussed this in the past. But for those who uh, who are new to the show, we've obviously went through 
everything that happened after the team got eliminated, then then Kyle Dubas's departure, and what did that mean for Sheldon Keefe? And you and I both thought that probably meant that Sheldon was going to be on the way out. Typically, when a new general manager comes in, uh, that probably is going to be it for the coach, and he wants to bring in his own guy. It doesn't appear to be the case here, does it, Dave? No, um, especially when you're getting reports that he's helping the general manager pick an assistant coach. Like, obviously, if he's going to be back, he's going to want to know who's this new guy that is going to be replacing Spencer Carberry. And I get it. I get why they're doing it. I personally think that it's not like he's been here for one or two years and you want to give another kick to the kick at the can and another try like he's been here for a while and results haven't been here and we've seen how much coaching has improved teams that maybe had had needed a little bit of a bump to get over the hump like vegas bruce cassie what he did for that team paul maurice what he did in florida like it, it makes me wonder um exactly like what exactly do Leafs view as like the future here um like is is the next coach someone that I'm not sure is available right now um is is this something that you know they just they don't want to make a hasty decision and and regret it personally I don't think so but um I, I can understand why Brad Living is not willing to pull this trick this one just yet like that's something as a general manager when you make that first coaching change, you know, it's it's one of the first moves that gets looked at on your record. And for Bradshaw Living, he's got the benefit of not needing to make that move right away if he doesn't feel like it's totally necessary. Right, exactly. There's another year left on Sheldon Keefe's deal, so they don't have to do anything. They could just walk into that last year. That being said, it, it also does sound like an extension will come. Um, and I... I I mean, I get it in one sense where coaches, you don't like having them, you know, coach on uh, on a one year deal or, or as a lame duck coach. You also you look at what just happened with Kyle Dubas. Do you want the same situation to happen here with Sheldon Keefe? I don't know if you do. Um, so it, it sounds like an extension is, is going to end up coming here for Sheldon Keefe. Uh, we're not sure when that's going to come down, but that seems to be the likely you know, the, the likely scenario here for Toronto, um, which, I mean, if you, if you look at Sheldon Keefe and what he's been able to do, he's been an extremely accomplished coach since he's come to Toronto. Like he's got a 166 and 71 record. That's a 678 save, uh, win percentage, which is best in Leafs coaching history uh, by far. So that is, that's impressive. The problem is, they just have not been able to find success in the playoffs. They finally won around this year, though. And I wonder if that was if if that did factor into him coming. Like if they didn't win a round again, wouldn't you think that that probably would not would have been the end for Sheldon Keefe here in Toronto? But maybe winning that round kind of kept him uh, kept him alive here. I think so. I think if yeah, there was no way he was coming back. If the I, I don't even think Kyle Dubas would have like. Kyle Dubas was let go, but they had every intention of keeping him. I don't think that would have been the case if they had been bounced in round one, in my opinion. Like, uh, I don't know, because it was after the trade deadline, shortly thereafter, where Brendan Shanahan, in his own words, said he was willing to offer Dubas an extension. So yeah. he was he was willing to, to extend Dubas 
before the uh, the playoffs even got underway. In fact, I think he preferred that, but it just didn't happen. Yeah, but I mean, you just wonder if if another first round Angus did might have changed the minds just a little bit there. That That's where I'm thinking. Like if we're saying that Sheldon Keefe would have been likely been let go. I don't know if Kyle Dubas would have been given the same thought process. If it, if like it, it would just send the wrong message to keep everyone around. If you had another first round exit for another year. Now the set losing in five games in the second round wasn't that much better. <laughs> like it was only like, a, I would only call it a marginal improvement. And, the question I have is like, you know, what what exactly does Brad Chilving think Sheldon Keith can do differently? And that that's really the question I have. Maybe Brad Chilving thinks with a team that he assembles, he can help Sheldon Keith just be that much better of a coach. Maybe that's where he believes it. And, and that's what you if you're a Leaf fan, you gotta be hanging your hat on that, right? Like there's there's not a whole lot of uh change that's coming to this team's core. So you got to hope that whatever is around the core changes enough that, uh, you know, that they are able to get over this hump and, and go on a, a long playoff run. Um, we'll see what ends up happening, but it sounds like Keith is likely to remain as head coach and get an extension. And uh, as you mentioned, it, it sounds like they're speaking about trying to get Spencer Carberry replaced. He was the, um, you know, kind of more of an offensive minded coach. He ended up, becoming the head coach in Washington. Uh, he coached the power play this past season, uh, past two seasons rather. Um, so they'll be looking for a replacement for him. And I'll be curious to see what that replacement is. Like, will Tree Living have a little bit more say in that coach coming in? Like, will it be more of a an associate coach type of thing where he, he gets more of a senior guy in there, a veteran coach who's, who's kind of been in the mix before. So that if Sheldon things don't go well with Sheldon Keith, he kind of has someone who he can lean on and potentially, you know, have that, that bullet in the chamber type of thing, you know, like a Kirk Muller type of guy, someone like that. Um, I'd be curious to see who that replacement ends up being. Uh, hopefully we get kind of a list of names that they're interested in speaking with rather shortly. So we can kind of comb through, uh, comb through those guys. Cause it's, it's different than a head coach. Cause you're not really sure. Okay. Who is considered uh, an assistant? you know, like a future assistant coach in waiting. Do they want to go to the American league? Do they want to poach someone, you know, elsewhere? Is there uh, a head coach that's willing to take a demotion to be an associate coach? Just not a hundred percent sure. Exactly you know how who is interested in that type of role but again it is toronto and a lot of a lot of people are willing to take jobs in toronto maybe that uh that aren't out there is 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 potentially gabby huh what about potentially bringing in uh, bruce there it is to be an associate coach with uh with sheldon keep i doubt it but it's yeah. always a name that's been kicked around here in leafs nation so um you know, we'll probably get more clarity over the next couple of weeks as to who Spencer Carberry replacements could be, and we'll chat about it more in depth then. Uh, but on the other side, we'll take one more break when we get back. Let's chat a little bit about Luke Shen and what's going on with his contract negotiations. So that's next. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. You're listening to the Lockdown Lease Podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. 
Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast, your daily visits to listen for everything Leafs related. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We got new episodes coming out each day, each weekday, Monday through Friday. So make sure that you are, uh, you know, stay tuned to what's going on within Leafs Nation. There's been, you know, a lot of cuts to Leafs talk uh, as of late. So we'll still be here. We'll be kicking around and uh, try and bring you all of the news and information that we possibly can to keep you up to date on what's going on with your beloved Maple Leafs. And uh, another, you know, beloved former Maple Leaf who's, well, I guess he's still currently a Maple Leaf, I suppose. His contract doesn't technically expire until July 1st. But Luke Shen is, uh, is a player that a lot of people are hoping the Maple Leafs can bring back due to the way that he played through the postseason, got the best out of Morgan Riley. And according to Rick Dollawal, uh, who's out West, knows Luke Shen um, pretty well and his agent pretty well from his time with the Canucks. Um, and the, the Canucks and Rick Dollawal are, are reporting on this, hoping that he goes back to Vancouver. Uh, that being said, he's under the impression that the Leafs are not particularly close to an extension with Luke Shen. Sounds like Shen's looking for trade protection in term. That's what he's prioritizing at this point in his career. Doesn't want to get moved. He wants to still try and win a cup and, and stay uh, in one spot. Also legitimately has a newborn, just had a baby when he first got traded to Toronto. So won't want to move his family again, uh, I'm assuming. So it, it makes sense for him to ask for that type of protection in term. He's at a point in his career where he and his family probably would appreciate that type of thing. But is Toronto willing to give it to him? That is the question, Dave. Uh, how much term and trade protection would you be willing to give to Luke Shen if you were Brad Trillivan? I mean, I was comfortable going two years with Luke Shen. Like, I don't know how much you really are expecting, um, you know, to, to give a guy who... Yeah, he's a good he's a good defenseman, but you know, to a certain degree, you have to also be mindful of other needs that you have on your team as well. Especially, you know, you have quite a few defensemen already signed under contract, and you know, one defenseman I did think about throughout all this that I wonder will be used as a comparable in some ways, maybe not an exact comparable, but situation wise, is either the Bushkin, right? Came came to Toronto probably upped his value quite a bit playing in Toronto, playing in the role that he did. And he parlayed that into a two year, I think it was a five and a half million dollar deal. Yeah. He made two, two, seven, five. Yeah. So I'm wondering, is that what Luke Shen is potentially looking for considering what happened in Toronto? To me, that's, that's quite a rich contract. Again, Lubushkin signed as a free agent. So he took the best val best uh, deal out there. And I'm just like a little younger too, a little younger, yeah. a little less tread on, on those tires. Exactly. But. Right. And and so I, that's what I'm wondering here is like Luke Shen's not exactly a younger defenseman. He's, and as you just said, like, I don't think he's going to want to go to a place where, you know, he's, he doesn't want to keep bouncing around back and forth. But at the same time, if a team is willing to offer him two to three years, he's going to go and take it. I'm comfortable with the two year term. I don't want to go. I wouldn't want to go over like two, two point two five a year for Shen. Like that's like, that's even if you want to like you know make sure you get that deal done. Um, so I, I I just don't know. 
what exactly Shen is is kind of looking for here because like I don't see a team offering him three four years. I just don't see that. I don't know if he's that type of defenseman that you want to offer him that because now it's totally possible we see it all the time free agency, but those are usually the deals you tend to regret, you know, especially if the AAV is high and you know Shen he plays very he play he plays a very simple you know physical game that that tends to wear down a player as the years go go as the player gets older not right it's and he's not exactly a young player as you just mentioned yeah so he's 33 he'll be 34 on november 2nd so but a month into the season three weeks into the season he'll be 34 years old so you sign a two-year contract you're playing as a 34 to 35 year old pretty much um throughout the duration of that contract do you feel like he can give you two million dollars worth of value now if he plays the way he did in the playoffs that's a no-brainer absolutely he can give that to you uh the way that he elevated morgan riley was was more than worth the two million bucks if if you can get that level play out of luke shen but it's a roll of the dice on whether or not you can get that out of luke shen you know like he hadn't like that was the best that he had looked in a while. I know he looked he looked pretty good when he was in Vancouver, I suppose, but the way that he honestly was uh, allowed Morgan Riley to kind of, you know, rebuild himself into a number one defenseman again was a, a pleasant surprise, I would say. But can that be replicated? That's the big question. If that can be replicated, and if Morgan Riley believes that Luke Shen had a strong part in what you know, Riley became and what he was able to do in the postseason, then I think that I am, I am definitely willing to go to 2.25, like you said, on a two year deal. If, if that is the case, um, if you feel like you can get that at a Morgan Riley with someone else, um, maybe you go, uh, you know, an alternate route if Luke Shen's looking to get more longer term. But I'm with you, man, like two years, two million per. Give him no trade protection as well because, I mean, at $2 bucks, I suppose you're not looking to trade Luke Shen anyways. You want to keep him around in the fold. Um, but that's probably what I would be looking at as well. And we'll see what ends up happening with Luke. I think that there's a lot of Lee fans out there that want him to return, obviously. Um, he he wants to come back. He spoke on it after you know the Leafs got eliminated and said how much he really enjoyed his second tour duty here in Toronto. He wants to try and figure things out. But at the same time, it's probably the last contract that uh, that he's going to sign, you know, or the last big money contract that he'll have a chance to sign at least at this point in his career. But keep in mind, he, he's coming off a contract where he was making, you know, less than a million dollars per season on, on a two-year deal. I think it was, what, like 850 or something like that, 875 on a, on a two-year deal because – what three four years ago he was he was back in the minors you know he was the seventh defenseman for tampa when they went and they won those two stanley cups you know so it's not like he's a guy who has been an everyday player his entire career it was only when he got to vancouver which is a very bleak blue line that kind of had to play him every single night and to his credit he took that opportunity and ran with it became uh uh you know a steady good enough defenseman rebuilt his game in a way just playing simple to where the maple Leafs saw him and said you know what we could use a little bit of luke shen in our lineup so they traded for him and he became a staple come playoff time you know like that's totally have to credit him for what he became um but is he able to do that 
time and time again. That's that's the big question uh, that I think the Maple Leafs and, and Brad Trilliving are going to have to ask themselves. Was that just a, a little flash in the pan that he got hot for, you know, a month there in the playoffs? Or, uh, you know, can he continue to be a, a pretty solid player for this team um, and a good partner for, for Morgan Riley as they've longed search for a good partner for Morgan Riley. So we'll see what happens. That's going to be a very interesting player to, uh, to keep an eye on as the, uh, as for the Leafs unrestricted free agents, I'm surprised too. Like we, we haven't heard of a single one that has been retained. Like there's 10 UFAs and not one has re-signed here in Toronto. Like at some point, are you expecting somebody to get extended here to, to re-sign in Toronto? One of these 10 got to come back, right? Like I'm wondering how much evaluation is being it like Bradshaw Living is going through right now through the current roster and players that now making their list of who they want to keep, who they don't want to keep. We've already heard the three names, as I said on the last show, that they wanna, you know, that they're not gonna bring back. So it looks like maybe that evaluation is starting. Um, we also know that Bradshaw Living had, you know, he had his meeting in Arizona with Austin Matthews. So he's been a little he he's had to put out a lot of he's been in a lot of different places. So I'm a little surprised that maybe that, you know, we haven't heard anything being close or anything really being discussed. Um, but I, I do expect, you know, like with the draft not too far away and, you know, some in and free agency, you know, free agency being July 1st, I would expect one or two names to at least be locked down potentially, especially uh, in with the forwards because the Leafs don't have many forwards signed. Seven. Only seven Fords that they've got signed. Like, yeah. if you look at their depth chart right now, there's holes all over that bad boy. Yeah. That's why I got it like Nolachari. I'm surprised. Exactly. You know, I haven't heard much on him. I know that that he would like to come back. He mentioned he liked being here in Toronto. You know, I, I would think that would be a good fit. He sounds like a guy that Tree Living would believe in. Um, I thought he was great third-line player for the Leafs during the playoffs. Led the, the playoffs and hits. I think all the way through, like he he was a battering ram, that guy uh, for the Maple Leafs. So he's someone up front that I think could take up a bottom six role for sure. You know, David Camp is another potential option to circle back on and, and bring back on uh, on a, on a, a deal if you can try and get something done. And then obviously we look into the Luke Shens. I, I, I don't believe Ryan O'Reilly is really in the mix here to, to return to Toronto um barring something happening uh out of left field kind of to to create some more cap space for that to to be the case so um but at some point i i do think we probably should start hearing on some you know ufas that the maple Leafs will start to retain do they have any interest in bringing back eric gustafson uh, i don't know maybe they do maybe we'll hear something about that uh in, in the near future but this is all a conversation that we have many, many weeks uh, to get through uh, till free agency on, on July 1. Well, it's not many weeks. It's like two less than two weeks away now that I think about it. But uh, which also makes you think that yeah, we definitely should hear very, very soon. About nine days, eight, nine days from the draft and then uh, about 12 days away from free agency. So not um, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot of time to get a lot of this stuff done. But, hey, you know that Brad True Living is out there working very, very hard to try and get some answers here for the future of the Toronto Maple Leafs Hockey Club. 
That being said, we'll try and search for some answers as well. We'll continue uh, tomorrow, but that'll do it for us here on today's podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms, also on YouTube. Receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Follow the show as well at Lockdown Leafs. Go ahead, leave a like on this video, a comment on YouTube down below. Your thoughts, what would a contract extension for Luke Shen look like? Let me know in the comment section down below. Uh, We'll be back with another episode for you all tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.